Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots to look at again on this market trade as we wrap up a trading week. There might be a little bit of a positive vibe going on. Let me explain. We're seeing crude oil getting higher. Ethanol demand is starting to pick up. Is there a shift taking place in the markets? On the flip side, when we come back from the commercial break, we're going to talk about this milk price. Believe it or not, we're seeing some pre-virus prices in the contract. So it's nice to have something positive and maybe something to look forward to as we look at the trade. Sean Hackett joins us with Hackett Financial Advisors. And, And Sean, let's start there. Are we starting to move, even though we continue to see virus information, um, COVID cases pick up, is it starting to start to feel like a post-virus reopening? It does, and it is. Um, I can speak in my local area here. You know, the traffic's back to normal. Everyone's out doing stuff. You know, I think we're getting, I think the country is getting accepting of the fact that we can manage the disease through, you know, reasonable measures and that we do need to we need to get the economy back open again that at some point keeping it closed for too long does more damage than good and I think that that realization um, is starting to play out and that means more activity, more demand coming back and, and, and a shift from demand destruction to you know, what is the new virus will look like and, and what kind of a rebound sustainable rebound demand can we get and what how do markets have to re- price themselves to factor that in. That's all I think we're at right now. So looking at all of that, the crude oil we know has always had a conversation part in in the markets as of late. Starting to see them ramp up has got to give a positive vibe as well. Absolutely. I mean, look, uh, you know, clearly for something like the corn market, we do know that one of the biggest reasons the bears have used for white corn is, is done for the rest of the year is that ethanol was destroyed from uh, the crash in crude, the crash in ethanol prices, and the loss of corn demand for producing ethanol. So certainly, if we're getting our, even if we get our demand halfway or three quarters back, Susan, against crashing rig counts, crashing domestic production, um, that means corn oil prices, you know, could certainly see get themselves back in the forty or fifty dollar area very easily. We're almost thirty right now. Um, in the nearbys, and you know, the, the, what that will do for ethanol prices and with corn as cheap as it is, all of a sudden there's a margin there, and, and, and the ethanol plants are, are meant to produce when they can make a, make a margin. So, so we're, we're far more optimistic that ethanol isn't dead yet, that there's still a future, and that the pessimism over it has been overplayed, and that the corn market's pricing um, has, over, you know, is, is, has gone too low for what the reality is going to be, and so we're pretty excited that that shift in the ethanol side of the equation for corn is going to play itself out in the months ahead. Well, you talk about folks getting back out on the road in your neck of the wood, and we're starting to see a little bit of traffic pick up here as well. That means maybe there's some hope and optimism for summer driving? I think there is. Look, everyone's been cooped up. Everyone has cabin fever. Maybe people don't want to go on an airplane right away. Maybe people don't want to go on a cruise line right away, but I do think get the family in the car. Let's go for a drive. Let's go to the you know to some park. Let's go to some place where we can spend some time together and just get away from our home for a little while. I think there's a lot of that pent up demand that people are going to get on the road and, and just just go somewhere to kind of get themselves feeling better about life and where they're heading. So. 
looking at uh, South America, I had heard some talk that there was some virus concerns at their ports, which then in turn might actually mean some good news for us in exports. We're very concerned about the virus uh, situation in Brazil. We know from New York, northern Italy, uh, Wuhan, you know, all the areas that have what we call community spread, Susan, but when temperatures were in, within this 35-degree to 65-degree area at a time, during a winter time where, where there was less sunlight, and of course, South America is going into their winter. The temperatures are moving into this ideal range, and for better or for worse, Bolsonaro, the president of Brazil, doesn't seem to think that there should be any uh, cautionary social distancing measures being taken. And when we look at the numbers, you know, they're starting to go parabolic in terms of cases, in terms of deaths, and we're already seeing that the hospital system is overrun there. Um, and, and so it's hard for us to imagine that as this situation unfolds over the next couple of months that we're not going to see strikes you know, by the farmers, by the truckers, by people not wanting to operate the ports. We think the market has completely fumbled the ball on this whole idea and that if there's any thought process that exports of corn or soybeans aren't going to be shipped out of Brazil to the Chinese and others, you know, we could see quite a windfall for our markets that, uh, you know, that, that the market clearly at the moment isn't pricing in. So we're we're pretty, not that we want to see any harm done to the Brazilians, we, we don't want to do that, but certainly any con- problems over there would be a benefit to our farmers, at least in the short run. Which is something, we need some positive news for our producers here. We do, I mean, it's, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and so have you, Susan, and I can tell you, rarely have, ever, either, have I ever seen the will of the U.S. farmer, uh, you know, break down, but I am seeing some of that now for the first time in my career and, and we we need to turn that around right as quickly as possible and it's funny you should bring that up because we talked about that yesterday during the fontanelle final bell and on our trading bits and bytes program that the morale is affecting the way the markets are the markets are affecting the morale it's just this vicious cycle we're in right now it really is it's a, it's a vicious cycle and you know and every every cycle eventually has to have a catalyst to drag you out into something different and boy would that kind of a fundamental shift, Susan, be exactly what the doctor would have prescribed to get ourselves into a positive feedback loop and away from the negative feedback loop that's been, almost few of them has been with us for a couple of years, from trade wars to the virus, it seems like. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Conversation with Sean Hackett. And I tell you, Sean, I'm pretty excited the fact that pre-COVID milk prices in some of these contracts. This is just what the doctor ordered for our dairy producers. It really is. And, and it's something that when we look back, Susan, at past pandemics and what happened to many markets, once we started to reopen and we started getting demand back, it, it was not it's not uncommon to see many markets get back to their pre-virus levels. Milk's one of the first markets to have done that. We believe that's a precursor uh, or a, a clear warning that other markets are going to start moving higher and, and, and potentially doing the same thing. And so we're really excited to see the milk market coming out from you know the, the, the depths of despair just a couple of weeks back. And, and it's giving our producers a moment of optimism and, and, a, and a period of prices that they can sell into and, and see a brighter future. And so 
maybe that's the term we've talked about in the prior show uh, segment where we're starting to turn the center around a little bit and, and we're starting to see the, just an inkling of how you know we can get ourselves through this and back to some prosperity for the U.S. ag industry. So, so you talk about those pre-market levels. What are we looking at for price and is this trend going to continue for these dairy folks? Well, I mean, we were sitting around 13, 14 uh, in some of these contracts and, and, and you know, as of yesterday when we were locked limit, you know, we got up in that 17, 18 area is where we were, you know, just before this whole virus that really came down. And so it, I'm not sure we're destined for much higher prices than that in the short run. I do think after such an incredible move, we do need to absorb it. I do believe farmers will sell that, um, and they should. And, and, of course, we're reopening, but we're not fully reopening. More time needs to be done. But I do think that those price levels are probably going to be sustainable and offer you know a, a sustainable price level that, U.S. producers can stop dumping their milk and getting very little for it and start selling their milk and getting a good price for it. So. I never thought I'd be excited to say we got some lower box beef levels out there on a Friday, and it's nice to see them under that 450 mark. It really is. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's been uh, a while that we've seen those kinds of, of wild uh, levels that are finally starting to come back in and and so, once again, I, we think it's, we're looking back at normalizing the market, getting back to some sense of normalcy, you know, getting the throughput, you know, the packing houses, you know, back to something that makes some sense, and kind of getting our food distribution uh, system, which has been uh, lost its oil, for lack of a better term, reoriented and starting to function again. And it, we really need to, you know, put that genie back in the bottle because we do not want our distribution system to be permanently defunct here. We want to keep it going and, and if we can patch some of the damage that's been done and get it back on track, that's a really good thing. So, so so can the markets learn from the experience that we've been in the last month and a half and be able to fall back on that as a learning process for, God forbid, future events like this? I believe something like this that has put the fear of you know death into so many industries and so many operations um, and the understanding that this may not be our last time that we have to deal with this again, I do believe this has caused a, a very significant sea change in thinking of how to go about restructuring our food system and, and how to put fail safes in that if and when this happens again, you know, we are no, we're not thrown off course uh, without a runner. So, you know, under normal circumstances, short-term uh, shocks can come. Uh, and they tend not to necessarily, but in this particular case. Well, you know, when we look at the hog side of the trade, we, we know that they have been just as crazy, if not crazier sometimes in this cattle market. But it's nice for them as well to see some little bit higher numbers from a cash perspective. It really is, Susan. I mean, you know, certainly the, the hog have had the extra problem of having animals that they just can't put out to pasture and, and wait it out like they can in cattle. And so... Those animals have continued to back up due to lack of throughput, but they're starting to see some better cash, some better throughput, some some better a streamlining of operations. Is a good sign that you know we could be looking at you know what we've been seeing in the cattle market, which was has been some upside you know volatility. We might start to see that in the hogs, albeit a little bit delayed. But we're optimistic that you know hogs can see some similar um, breaking out of of the base that it's been in 
and, and see some better times. So we're, we're encouraged, you know, cash oftentimes needs futures, and we like to look at how cash is performing um, and to see it start to maybe show some some light at the end of the tunnel is a very good sign from our perspective. So, Lots of good news to bring to folks as we wrap up the trading week. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sean? Our website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. All kinds of things on there to see with what we do might be of value to your listeners. All right. Thanks so much. Sean Hackett joining us today. By the way, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss or not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check this out as a podcast at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe for your favorite podcast and on Spotify as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.